You're only as loud as your knees crack when you bend them, which makes me extremely old. <laughs> like, like I, I typed this there, but in our house, we call them bone crispies. I mean, I have I have bone crispies in my knees. Like, Dog, I started getting bone crispies when I was 18. That is not fair. <laughs> have you seen that meme that's like the, the avatar pulling, taking away? I don't remember who's... Um, Oh, I took away your knee bending. (laughs) Like, my knees, what did you do to me? (laughs) I took away your bending. (laughs) I took away your bending. Monica, where's this fucking outline? I can't find it. Group chat. I linked it. How come it didn't didn't ping me with a... a, Oh, there it is. There's like 18 million things in the group chat. There it is. Okay. Yeah, it says, for me, it... 1201 p.m. outline-ish. I'm going to the bathroom. I didn't fucking notice. <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh. This is Bonus Experience, where a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running running games. You did it. Really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we are here doing BSP no, stop. Live. What? Stop. What? We are queer people speaking with authority about games. All right, fine, whatever. Right, and we still swear. Die uh, mad about that. Okay, first off, there's three queer people here. Everybody here is queer. All right, now we can go into the... <laughs> you didn't introduce me at all. Hi, I'm Danielle Lozon. Well, we were getting to it. <laughs> Listen, we threw off we threw off Ray's routine. Uh, <laughs> introduce introduce Dee. She's gonna right, pop. right, right. We are we are well, this is this is BXP live, and so we have our friend of the show and repeat guest Danielle Lozon. You are here to join both of us this time for another plunge into a tabletop topic. So this is, I guess, another deep dive, but it's with all three of us instead of just. Maybe. I like I like that we're plunging because it's a deep dive. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. These metaphors are good. There's branding and I'm sticking to it. So if we're doing a deep dive and we're plunging, can we do a skinny dip later? Sure. Listen, it's not to, not to interrupt, here. not interrupt your flow. <laughs> Sun Pulsar thought we've been messing up the intro on purpose as a joke. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm afraid that is not actually the case. That's I'm very, afraid. That's we're very just sweet and charitable of you. Sort of stupid. Uh, and we don't. Both of us were all in our late thirties, and none of us know how to read. Uh, and that's hey, look, I read good. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> I read good. Listen, uh, we don't like like we come up with the concept for this episode. We came up with the concept for this episode about a week ago, maybe. I, you know, it was internet time, so I don't yeah. fucking remember. Yeah, it was and, about and then a week ago. we got the we got the outline half finished about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> that's how that's how production works here. This is not we an come outline. Up with an idea, and it goes great. We're like, yes, that's awesome. Email D, get it set up, put it in the calendar, start letting the fans know. And then I woke up a, like thirty minutes before we went live. Yes, and so I was I. brewing coffee and realized we didn't have an outline. Like, there, it's either. All the way on or all the way off. There yes. is no in between. No in between. <laughs> and, and, but like the deep dives are usually just just sort of a sort of an open conversation anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. So we don't we don't usually script the deep dives as much as we script our other no. episodes, which we do in fact script. Yeah, we don't script deep dives because we don't know where we're gonna. We don't know what coral reef our topic is going to take us to today. <laughs> it's all jazz, baby. We're gonna look at some Dumbo elephants. I'm going to yeah. talk like this for the rest of the episode. Are, you? Are we doing our NPR voices? 
Um, oh, well, right. maybe. I don't know. I just like it a little. I'm an Anna King, and this is bonus experience. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was too good. It was very good. I'm... <laughs> We haven't done our intro, like I mean, properly done our intro. We have not introduced each other. I, this, this is on brand. You introduced me. We did introduce Dee. All right, Monica, who are you? I am Monica. I am yeah. a tabletop industry professional. I am both a mechanical designer and a book developer, primarily working for the Onyx Path. <laughs> I'm not going to do this this whole time. That drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. I'm a little... I'm a little flustered. Snore. I need to like mute myself for a bit. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, okay. Oh, I'm Ray. I write uh, good. You write good. I had all this time. <laughs> I write okay. Fine. I write. Uh, I write. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll go. I write words and I write words good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danielle, otherwise known as D. I am a game designer, a game developer. I write fiction i write mechanical design lots and i like to fix people's projects whenever they get on a a bender and don't know how to fix their projects that's kind of a specialty that i have and i've been thinking about that a lot lately because it's one of these things that i think we're going to kind of go over today so so now it's on my my list of abilities you're kind of like the property brothers of gaming except mm, just in one hot person <laughs> hot mess of a person you mean <laughs> All right, so today we're going to talk about small press publishing because I got mad about it. Well, I didn't really get mad about it. It was sort of an, an, an informal, informative thread that I had done a million years ago, like four good posts ago on my Twitter feed. You got mad about it in like the old Victorian sense, like you were manic. You were yeah. hysterical about it. I, well, <laughs> you know what? I'm always mad about it, though. I think it's like, that's my secret, Monica. I'm always angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm always yeah. a hot mess. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, I just wanted to talk about it because some people, there was like a little disagreement on a thread of mine about like small press versus indie and, uh, people calling Onyx Path indie, which is not true. Nah. Mm -hmm. Um, and like a constant font of discourse on Twitter comes from a lack of understanding of like degrees of publishing. <laughs> Uh, especially from like, so you have like at the top of the pyramid, I guess, is Wizards of the Coast, who literally made a billion dollars last year. Now, a lot of that was from magic, but still. Most of that was from magic. Yes. But uh, let's, uh, be, let's be realistic. Let's be here. real. Right. Most They've of that is literally from... printing money in the form of cards. <laughs> it's true. And a lot of that was from uh, Magic Arena because. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they don't even have to print it anymore. Right. Also, oh, like, right. Right. <laughs> but also, like, hopefully people are not going to play Paper Magic in person. I mean, I know that's not true. because mm -hmm. um, It's still happening. It's still happening. Uh, Julia works at a game store, so I know it's still happening. Ugh. But, like, fortunately, there's a whole thing. Uh, I got distracted by Gay Baby Jail. Um, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> like, Magic the Arena, you can play online and not breathe on other humans but also like dnd is doing well it's not like yes the majority of that billion dollars came from magic but also like it's not like dungeons and dragons is doing badly and is it at risk of going under anytime soon because it's fucking not <laughs> <laughs> and then you have stuff in sort of like a, a middleweight class i don't know boxing 
Um, <laughs> Why did you go for the boxing metaphor? I don't fucking know. It just came out of my mouth. Like, There's like literally green epic. rarity and blue rarity and then like purple for epics. No, um, no. It's just there's there's big and then there's everything else. And then there's the little guys. It's really that's there's three classes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have yeah. like, was it Chaosium, Fantasy Flight, Asmodee? No, wait, Asmodee is a toy company. Never mind. Yeah. Well, um, and Asmodee. Yes, but Asmodee. Well, okay. Keep going. Right. But, but like there's and Paizo, who are all pretty, pretty big big but not like hasbro big not wizards big and then oh asmodee owns fantasy flight right that's why they came out of my mouth at the same time i really should have written any of this down but then you have like cubicle seven and green running and uh Onyx Onyx Path Path publishing and yeah uh who are like who are popular but like not quite to the same level as the other ones like i think i feel like those things make more money i don't know this is a hundred percent out of my ass what you're more knowledgeable about this than I am. Correct me, please. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I I like listening to you struggle. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> should I should I go? Do you no, you're to... fine. Okay. I want you here to watch. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> H has correctly pointed out that uh, the only open numbers are Evil Hat, who's totally transparent. And Kevin Crawford, uh, who made a million dollars plus in the last decade, because Kevin Crawford, I'm 100% certain, came from old money. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Old as balls. Uh, and I feel like the, the idea of small press is important to understand in this because, like, it has ties to other types of publishing, too. Hey, um, that's mm-hmm. where that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's <laughs> why you're here. I know a little bit about that. Ryan asking if there's always this much sexual tension. Yes, when D is here. When D is here, yeah. She Sorry. Sorry. Commentary only when Daniel's here. <laughs> it's kind of on brand for me. So so sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I have some thoughts. So let's yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the the big leagues and what that means and why that's even more deceptive than than we are even letting on right when we say that like wizards of the coast made a billion dollars last year most of that came from their their money money printing racket of magic the gathering (laughs) about what a quarter of that came from D &D? you know i don't know but not even sure we'll say that that sounds right you said it you said it with enough confidence that i believe you (laughs) <laughs> I didn't actually look at the report. I just saw what everybody was saying. So if I'm wrong, then that's why. Because I I did that thing that literally everyone does on the internet, which is that they didn't actually read it. They just assume that what that's other right. people are yeah. saying is correct. Yes, gay baby jail. You may fact check us. Yes. Ray says um, no, but I said yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Only funny facts. <laughs> I'm going to say that, like, I'm not going to look it up. If somebody wants to look it up, correct me. But it was not, it was not half. It was less than half. Okay. Right. And we have to think about that in terms of volume and reach and sales and everything that that Wizards has going on. I mean, Wizards of the Coast literally has, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching stuff on cable television and there is a advertisement for Magic the Gathering or for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Yeah. They have that kind of reach and, and advertising dollars and backing. And they made a billion dollars. I want to look at that in comparison to like how much money did blizzard make last year 
Oh my god, how much money did Blizzard make just all together? Last year. Yeah, what do their books look like? Because I bet it's more than a billion. I bet it's more than a couple of billion. Yeah, probably. And and the, the difference there is that Wizards of the Coast did a, a really heckin' good job with Magic the Gathering, and some of that money came from D&D. But you have to pull those two things apart because not a bulk of that money, not a large part of that money, in fact, a significantly smaller part of that money came from D&D. And the cost of creating D&D books, because I think that's 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 gross or no, that that's net, right? That's earnings. So the reason that like not more is coming from D&D is because how much, how much it costs to make a fucking book. Yeah. yeah books right. are not yeah, cheap. Yeah. Let's talk about how expensive books are to make. I forgot to put that on the things I want to yeah. go over because I was low key mad yeah. when I wrote them. Uh, right. Also H has posted in the chat for the year ended December 31st, 2020 Activision Blizzard's net revenues presented in accordance with the GAAP were 8.09 billion as compared with the 6.49 billion for 2019. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. That was after selling Bungie too. After, that was after letting go of Bungie. Yep. So, Sorry, not that Bungie was like a huge chunk of that, but still. That's in quarter four. <laughs> uh, I, I do think when, when we're saying they made X money, it's uh, when I say net, net is after paying all the bills. Gross is uh, that's how much money they pulled in. So usually when they do reporting, they're reporting net. Um, and not gross because they, they account for, we paid all the bills and this is how much money we, we netted. Oh, Julie wants to point out that Wizards of the Coast has moved direct, moved to direct sales via Amazon, saving themselves more via cutting out regular game stores. Yep. I mean, that's, yes. So when we talk about these big actors, we unfortunately can't, you know, pull it away from, you know, the difference between marketing dollars versus like Paizo, uh, who Paizo has a weird relationship in which they're a big company because they came off of Wizards of the Coast originally, not now, but originally they pulled a lot of their market fandom, everything straight off of D&D. Essentially, when D&D went to fourth edition, Paizo was like, but what if we made like a a 3.75 because people really like third edition and they don't like fourth edition. And it was happening at the same time and the teams kind of split apart. It wasn't like in response to fourth edition publication. It was in response to fourth edition being made in general. And those teams kind of split apart. And so they they just kind of took part of the the share of the the already big D&D third edition audience. And a lot of that audience was overlapped between, well, we still like Wizards of the Coast, but now we also like Pathfinder. And so they they kind of started in a market and got a lot of that market share really fast and it was relatively easy for them because of that. Now, if I were to go make a D&D knockoff and be like, but what if you like D&D 5th edition but better? People wouldn't know who the fuck I was and right. so that wouldn't but people knew who the folks at Paizo were though. And so it worked. Yeah, also H pointed out that the change from the OGL to the the GSL which was the 4th edition license which was terrible. Yes. Would have screwed their existing model. Right, exactly. So they so yeah, so Paizo needed to to do the OGL stuff. So yeah, it's so it's interesting in in that sense of like why is Paizo big when they kind of started independently, but they have different reasons. And you know, like Fantasy Flight, they don't just make well then they don't even anymore, but at the time they didn't just make role playing games. They made board games. Yeah. And they had a role playing game department. 
And then Asmodee bought them and kept their role-playing game department for a little bit. And they got rid of it and and create like sent it to some Renegade. And now Renegade probably makes a lot of money, but it's because they're being backed by a board game company. So all the companies that are doing really well have another aspect to them that is actually supporting their tabletop role-playing game production, either by board games or by card games. Yeah. Uh, so other than Paizo, which is why, you know, Paizo is kind of our, our outlier of they're doing really well on just, but they also have like, they have card games. They they made that like, um, what is that pirate game that they made? Pathfinder Adventure card game that's like a living card. It's not a living card game. What is it? It's like a legacy card game adventure thing where you make like a deck and it's like Is it your Skull and characters. Shackles? Yes. It's like, never mind. Yes. Wait, oh, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you, Midwife Crisis. Yeah. Skull and Shackles, they have, a, they have several of those, but mostly they're selling, you know, but they, they had to break it. I don't say they had to break it, but they broke into board games, right? And that's probably doing better for them than than their tabletop RPGs. And part of that is the cost of making an RPG book. So let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about how very expensive it is to make an RPG book, a thing that nobody knows. Right. <laughs> so I, I love the question of like, oh, why did you care? Why do you have to kickstart this? Oh man, it's so why great. can't you wow, just yeah. why can't you just produce a book? Why can't you just print it? Yeah, why, why can't, can't you just, you make, just a make a book? Well, Which here, is an interesting question. Right. Let's explain why you can't just make, make a, book. a book. This is something that I made several years ago for a friend of mine who asked me, like, hey, you know, I want to make a book and put it on drive through RPG. I want it to be an individual like book thing. But I want to put it on like essentially DM's guild. So this is essentially how much you would need to to pay to get a like the most bare bones supplement made. And I'm going to say that this is the cost of making a book. If you write the whole thing yourself, like great, but you should still pay yourself. You should not be like, I made a profit because you made, you know, 10 bucks when you paid yourself $10 to write 60,000 words. Like that's not a profit, my friend. That's a lot of time you could have been doing something else. That's not a viable business model is what I'm saying. Like that may be what you're happy with. That's okay, but it's not a viable business model. So this document, though, I slapped together with some really, really bare bones, basic, like you're going to, you're probably going to do black and white art. You're probably going to, you know, these, these layout artist price numbers are also lower than they should be now. The same with proofing. I would never pay an editor one cent a word anymore. Um, like, yeah, 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 yeah. All these prices have gone up and they will continue to go up as, as the industry demands that we pay people better. The reason we don't pay people better is because the margin on this is really, really low. And the number of things, the number of units you need to sell to make up the cost, to not even make a profit, to make up the cost is in the order of hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. And people just aren't, we, the, the, the market for tabletop RPGs is not that large. If you get a thousand people buying your game, you are eye-poppingly good. <laughs> like you are amazing. I am like rolling around in shock at how popular your game is if you get a thousand units sold. More likely, especially for much smaller, in, especially indie, <laughs> there are a lot. It's true. They're a large cottage industry. Uh, Robin Laws says tabletop RPGs aren't a small industry. They're a large cottage industry. And he is absolutely correct. And he has been in this industry for an extraordinarily long time, just like we have. 
And, you know, when you look at, you know, people who are making a small book, a very small, slim book, not even 60K words, right? You know, they're making their small game. It's maybe 40K words. They're putting it up on itch. They're charging $5. They did everything themselves and they make, you know, 20 bucks a month on it. And they're and they're sitting on Twitter going, why aren't people buying games? What are people doing? You know, what am I doing wrong? Look at those people over there who are selling thousands of copies. It's really easy to get jealous of somebody selling thousands of copies and making what looks like bank. Yeah. But what's happening is, is if I if I turn from a PDF sale, because a PDF sale is all of this, this is all just a PDF sale. This doesn't even go into the price of printing. Yeah. The price of printing, the price of storing in warehouses, the price of yeah. distributing. This is only the price of a PDF. So if I want to make a 60,000 word product, it's going to cost me like 8K. Yeah. I see those I see those kinds of projects on Kickstarter mm-hmm. asking for $5,000 to kickstart. The like the Kickstarter starts under budgeting itself. Yeah, like does that include art or is that just that that includes art? Okay. That includes a generous amount of art. Okay. Yeah, so so you're looking at something 60,000 words is like I'm trying to think of a book I have that's around 60,000 words. Morkborg? Um, Merkberg? Uh, <laughs> no. no. is smaller than that. Most it? contemporary um, young adults are about 60,000 words. Hey, there you go. Out there is reading novels anymore. Lots of people read. Not the genre. Genre runs a little longer. I'm trying to think of how big the um the clan books are. I think they're more than 60k, but they're probably around 60k. Those kind of slim form factor books are about 60k. Okay. Someone says the 60k is a slightly polished NaNoWriMo project. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. yes. It's the point is is that's not very big. It's not. It's not very big, but it's also not small. Yeah. In the sense of like writing 60k words is not an easy oh no it's It's a considerable investment of your time and your energy if you're the only writer yeah if you're not the only writer then it's a considerable time of or a considerable investment of time and energy trying to coordinate all the writers together on a sixty thousand word project yeah yep how big is trinity continuum the the trinity continuum core book is around one hundred and forty thousand words okay and it is this is a slick little book yeah i like it a lot and it is 221 pages and like I think the Trinity Continuum core rulebook is a very reasonable size for a core just, book. Just for funsies, how yeah. big is the Exalted Third Edition core? Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the word count on that because I I wasn't involved. I just know that it's eight hundred pages. So so I so, so I know that the biggest and Dragon Blooded are in the ballpark of two hundred and fifty thousand plus words. Yeah, and they're comparatively slim. Yes. Yeah. The Charms chapter alone Ooh. in Lunars and Dragonblooded was 85,000 words. <laughs> it oh, is a book inside of another book. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Exalted mm. So if you're weird... looking at something like an Exalted book, which I would never advise an independent operator to try to, to make, make an Exalted, no. an Exalted level book. Oh, um, no. Please don't do that. It, let's unless let's talk about how much money OPP lost on that book. Ooh, can we? Can we? No, because I don't know. You can't tease me like that. I don't, because I don't know the number of how much money they actually lost, but Mm. let's just say they lost money. That that book was not some 
golden egg. Like that Kickstarter made forty four hundred thousand dollars, and they lost money on that book. Wasn't it more than that? It was yeah, it was maybe half a mil. They lost money on that book. Christ. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Lunars made a good, sweet quarter mil. Yep. But like, which sounds like enough to keep everyone floated, like keep the company floated and everyone fed for forever, right? Like that's a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. But let's consider how much of that is eaten up literally just by producing a 250,000 word book. Well, first of all, Kickstarter takes 10% off the top. Right. There's that. Yeah. So there's, so just, just cut that by 10%. Right. So there's that. Exalted made $684,000 on Kickstarter and they lost money. Uh, Let's talk about how. Yeah, let's talk Um, about how. So when... When you think about, oh, that's a lot of money, right? But you, every single book, every individual unit costs money, right? Right. It costs, costs money. money. It costs it at costs least one money. money. It costs, it costs money. American dollars. It costs one American dollar at least. You're not wrong. <laughs> so when we think about how much, okay, 6,840, but that was 4,000 people, 368. Uh, that means that each person, on average, paid about one hundred and fifty-seven dollars for their exalted third edition book. That's not how much they actually paid. That is, on average, the payment price for for their their book. And that's not everybody didn't pay for a printed unit. But I'm going to pretend like everybody paid for a printed unit, even right. though they I didn't. can see what the number of printed units were. Anyway, on average, people paid $156. That's not the actual price. So let's talk about how many p- books they printed, though, because if a thousand, say a thousand people mm-hmm. wanted the the nicely printed embossed book. Which I own and I bought secondhand. Anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, say a thousand people wanted it. I think it was more than a thousand people because it's never a round number. It's like 1,153 people wanted this book. And... You can't just go to a printer and say, okay, print me 1,153 copies of this book. They go, okay, we, we print in units of 500, 1,000, 5,000, or, or 10,000, because we are a printer and we make bulk products. Right. And you go, okay, well, I guess I'll do an order of 5,000 or you know, 4,000 or whatever, because I need to overprint because I don't want to just have exactly enough for the people who ordered, because what if something goes wrong? What if a book gets damaged? Mm -hmm. What if people don't receive their order? And then clearly, I also want to be able to sell this product after the Kickstarter's over. So this is not just funding those people's pre-orders, pre-orders, Kickstarter's not a pre-order site, not just funding these people's rewards, but also creating a line of books. So there is this really interesting thing of, okay, well, I need to now print 5,000 books. Okay. So the printer cost, if I'm going to do to a printer, not, we'll talk about POD printing in a minute, but I'm just going to go to a printer. I can, I can spitball and say it's by page count of the book. It's by size of the book. When I was printing 200 page books, so 208 pages were, is the size of every supplement for 7th C. Okay. The printer cost on those books, oh man, don't quote me on this, is around like $8 a book. Okay. So imagine that times three. Uh, I, um, 
But then also keep in mind that the cost per book will decrease the more books you're printing. Yep. So yes, uh, we're we're talking about the base cost of printing a book, right? The, like the, the base, just the this just is the, how much the the book this is itself how much the cost. The right? book, the printer says. This is how much you owe us right. to print this out. Right. This is what we're charging you for the, the book itself, which yeah. um, I used to know, like, because I used to work in publishing, but that was also a decade ago. But it's, ba- it's based on the size of it, right? right. It's based like, on the, the size paper, of the book. It's based on the quality of the paper. Uh, it's yes. based on, like, not just the size of the book as in how many pages, but also the size of the book. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the uh, exalted books See, are all like that. If it's trade paperback or full right. size hardcover. Right. Uh, six by nine if it's eight and a half by 11 which is the usual like textbook and rpg book size yeah yeah so like that changes the cost um mm-hmm. quality paper changes the cost length of pages, color color, color versus, versus black, and white. black and white yeah the cover itself the cover costs yeah the right. cover so costs a lot of money when i was doing this which we used actually the same printer that uh dtrpg went goes through when i was working lightning in source lightning source right yeah mm-hmm. um so like a not super high quality book like a, a regular color book with like normal paper pages not glossy pages or whatever uh, at the eight and a half by 11 size was a what started at around 14 dollars a book yeah and that's 10 years ago so that's 10 years yeah. ago so let's let's just for shits and giggles we'll just say that exalted being a much bigger book with a fancy cover mm-hmm. and glossy pages right. and full color was 30 dollars a book mm-hmm. That right. sound, that's All actually right. sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Let's say that we printed 3,000 units. Mm-hmm. For printing alone, just just getting them printed is $90,000. Yeah. Right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, of the what? Uh, 680,000? That that's made. just the act of printing it. That's it's just the act, act of printing it. Right. A cool, a cool hundred k just popped just off. Just popped off right there. Yep, and that's that's not counting the how much it costs to pay everybody to write a book that big. Yeah, that's not paying the writers. That's not paying the layout or the editor. Like it's just printing it. Just printing it. Now let's talk about shipping. Uh, yep. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Oh, international shipping. This is gonna be good. <laughs> when shipping. art. Yeah, Rob says and art. Yeah. Shipping that yep. big. Yeah, but we're not we're not talking about the cost book. of the book itself. We're not talking about the cost of the project itself. We're talking about. The, the stuff people don't think about making it real putting it into a physical version that you can hold in your hands and go wow this is a big fucking book right so for shipping something that costs what 10 pounds now this is this is about 10 years ago so say i want to ship internationally uh shipping rates are are ridiculous like if i want to just flat rate something from here to you know new jersey it's going to cost me like ten dollars with the usps if i want to do it media it's going to cost me like eight dollars now like you know eight years ago when the exalted kickstarter like or actually didn't ship eight years ago (laughs) you know five years ago when it shipped um it was you know maybe a little bit cheaper than that and there's international shipping and things like that so if i want to ship i don't know you know something over overseas that large it's probably going to cost me $50 to ship one book to ship one book overseas that size. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've never shipped overseas, so I can't, I can't check you on that. <laughs> and you know, if we can do media mail, which is great, it's only like, it's probably like $3 per unit. 
So let's just assume that of those 3,000, because every single book sold, although, because like the, you can't buy, I don't think you can buy the, the deluxe edition, third, third editions anymore. I think the, 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 the ones out. that look like a, a Catholic mass yeah. prop <laughs> uh, that looks like the Bible that you hold up at church. Yeah. No, I don't think you can buy those anymore with the gilded fucking cover. Yeah, yeah. A friend no, of mine has one. I've seen it. It's incredible. Yeah. You can buy, I think you can still buy the nice leatherette color because I think they're on. Oh, Ryan says they still have the big. The one that Terry posted a picture of? Yes. The one Terry posted a picture of is still available. But is uh, Ryan says the the big gilded cover ones, the one with the big. I'm sorry. Are still $300 on IPR. $300? Yes. Wow. And IPR yes. probably, uh, probably really cut close to the to the quick on that cost yes it literally is is metal yes yeah so (laughs) so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that those those deluxe versions cost more than 30 dollars to print i'm gonna guess you are right (laughs) i would i would oh man this is okay based off of bad math from from data many years old i would probably put them at 60 to 70 to produce a book right we sold them for a hundred dollars, a hundred and ten dollars a piece. We Onyx Path on the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So, so let's let's change that math to sixty dollars. Yeah, let's say they didn't print three thousand of them. That seems excessive. Yeah, uh, how many? There were a lot of them. There were a lot though, right? H did some like at least a thousand. When there were too many pledge levels and everything above that, I think got a physical copy. So let's say they did a print run of twenty five hundred. Sorry, it was fifteen. It was a one hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to print. Ah. Let's say those things ship media mail. Let's say five hundred of them went internationally at fifty dollars. Some quick math. That's twenty five thousand. Let's say the rest of them they had to ship either to IPR or to people. And let's say that was like four dollars in media mail. That's eight thousand dollars. So we're already at about $200,000 close. Like I'm doing some serious rounding just to just to like physically enable the book to get into people's hands. It's it's worth uh, repeating. Terry said in the chat um, for really, really large Kickstarters, you use a fulfiller that'll drop ship a pallet to Europe, which then will drop the prices of shipping really considerably. Yep. But OPP hasn't found a partner for this yet. Well, and they haven't done that in a really long time. I'm I'm still on the fact that it costs 90 grand, right, to ship all of that. Uh I mean probably. Yeah. We we were talking about the print run and all that like the thing we were talking never mind. Anyway, anyway. so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter cuz we're all just napkin mathing this anyway. So right. like a good third of the campaign money just went to printing and shipping. Right. Then 10% of it went to Kickstarter. Mhm. So that's not quite 100K, it's like 68K, whatever. It's, you know, 10% of 684,000, blah, blah, blah. And then people got paid, art got paid, layout artists got paid, developers got paid. So the longer a product takes to get made and the more, you know, more you have to finagle and pay people to fix or this or that or the other, the more you start to lose money, right? Shipping costs go up from your original calculations. Generally, the margins on a book are you you do, you double the cost of printing a book. Mm-hmm. And that's how much you charge for the book. That's always been like the the cost of production per unit, plus, you know, double 
double printing just because you don't know how it's hard to say per unit how much it takes to pay your writers, your artists, your whatever, because you're not paying those by unit sold. And if you don't sell a whole lot, then that price goes up. So you say, okay, well, it's going to be, you know, $20 to print. So we're going to charge $40 plus like like an extra $5. So that's in general. So you're not even making 50% because that's just the printing cost, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't include all of the art, writing, all the layout, all of that junk. So you're not even making 50% back. <laughs> and I, I think that the margins on that are a little different because you need to, you need to at least like when you sell to a distributor, mm-hmm. you're selling to a distributor at 50% of the MSRP. Right. That's how much the game stores buy it for is 50% of the MSRP. And so you should mark it up a little more than 50% clearly. Like I, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's not uh, 50%. Maybe it's times three or times four of the printing cost is generally how much a book should cost. But print on demand is different. So we still price that way for a normal traditional print run. Because if I tried to do four times the cost of printing on a POD, people would be paying hundreds of dollars for print on demand products. <laughs> it would not be feasible. <laughs> right. So when you do print on demand, the thing you're doing is, is you're not paying for physical housing of the books and you're not selling the books at 50% their MSRP to a distributor so that they could sit in a game store and hopefully those people will sell them for you. Uh, instead, there is the cost of print-on-demand. Print-on-demand just cost way more because instead of doing an entire print set of we're just going to you know set the printer to run for two days and we're going to pump out a thousand books. Right, where it then gets into like the sliding scale of it'll be cheaper if you print more, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Instead, it's, aha, uh-huh, we are in the sliding scale of it is fuck more expensive because you're only printing you're one. just printing one. Right. And I don't know and- if you guys, if anyone in the chat has ever gone to like I don't know, like, oh, I'd love to have a button that says this, but I, I, it doesn't exist. I just want one. And you go to one of those, like, we'll print buttons and pins for you. And you can't just get one. It starts at like 50. And then as it increases, the price per button will go down. It's, it's, I mean, it's exactly the same fucking thing. Right. And it's, it's the reason is, is because they, they essentially have printing machines. It's not like, you know, it's not like your Xerox or your, brother printer at home it's these giant machines and you essentially set the typeface and the the project into the machine and tell it to run and that takes time to set up and that takes time to get the print the paper and the the you know the art and the color and the this and the dye and the this and the this and the this and get it all set up y'all ever gone to gone to like book printing place no oh it's cool does it smell nice no it smells terrible like it, it smells, smells like, like ozone. Burnt it smells and like ozone. ink and, and like chemicals. I can yeah. honestly, I can picture that smell in my brain. I can too. <laughs> like being surrounded by a million photocopiers. Yeah, but not because they don't use photocopiers no. to do it, right? Because oh, yeah. they're, because they're, they're, it's bigger than that, right? Yeah. And they're, they're printing the pages on these like bigger sheets of paper and then binding them in the middle. And, and then, yeah, not to mention the cost of binding and all that stuff. So they set this machine. And they spend all this time setting this machine to print one fucking book. And that's a lot of time and effort. And so they charge you more because that's the time is money, friend. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I've been playing too much WoW lately. Um, So yeah, so you wind up with this kind of weird bullshitty, like, oh, it's going to cost you 
$25 to print this one 200 page book. And you're like, well, I'm charging $30 for it. Yes. So that's how much it costs to get a book from our brains to your hands. And that's why we fucking do Kickstarters. Yes. It costs a lot of money. And we actually don't have most of that money, right? Yeah. Yeah? Question mark? I mean, we could... I don't actually know the numbers of, like, back catalog sales, because that is also how small presses stay afloat. Yep. Yep. Uh, Because let's continue to just use the Exalted 3rd Edition Kickstarter, or Exalted 3rd Edition as, like, our thing we're poking at. It is one of the best-selling books on DriveThruRPG. Mm-hmm. Like the, the core book is one of the highest selling products there, period. Which does mean that after the Kickstarter, it made a shit ton of back catalog sale. Right. Yep. Like yep. it is it is the highest ranked one, which is what, 5,000 copies? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. 5,000 copies. 5,000 plus, because to... it doesn't, they don't count any higher yeah, yeah, than sure. that. Sure. It could 5, be more thousand. than that. But I want you... In an economy of scale, I want you to think about a, a game, a, an independent game on, say, Steam. Okay. A tiny little game on Steam. Okay. Yeah. If it sold five thousand copies, it would it would be enormous. <laughs> no, 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 no. A, a it's tiny, a video a, game, a video a tiny, game, a video game, a oh, tiny I'm little sorry. video game on Steam. If it sold five thousand copies, that studio would close its doors and never make another game. Oh, <laughs> see, listen, I'm thinking about like. See, this is when we need to get into like the different, basically the different weight classes. Because I'm thinking of like some guy who made an RPG maker game selling oh, sure. 5,000 copies of his game. Like, it'd be great for him. Yeah. Yeah. Among Us has sold way more than 5,000 copies. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Adamantine, yeah, the highest rank yeah. the drive through tracks is 5,000 plus. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's probably over 5,000, maybe yeah, by a significant margin. But but I think that's yeah. also telling that RPG, drive-thru RPG, just doesn't track it after 5,000. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably track it in the sense that they know that number. Right, but, but there's not, not... I think it's telling that there's not a 10,000 mark, yeah, right? Because like people don't... Yeah, it's, it's very telling. they don't go there, right? Like, uh, don't products don't hit that number, so they didn't bother giving it a rank. Right. <laughs> yeah and if i want to buy the exalted third edition book mm-hmm. right now the pdf i can buy it for 25 dollars. that giant ass pdf it's on sale right now for 15 which is nice um <laughs> and then if i want to buy it like the standard hardcover book i can buy it for 60 dollars. not the premium the premium is way more expensive that 60 dollars is like 30 of that is printing <laughs> Right, it more is such than a that. crime that a book of that size is still only sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, in fact, I, it's like the printing, the offset print of that, like the the individual, if I wanted to order it uh, at cost, it's always surprising to me because um, sometimes we'll get things at cost, right? Yeah, I develop a book, and they'll be like, "Hey, we'll give we're we're not doing a traditional run of this. We would normally just if we're doing a traditional run, they will just ship us a copy of the traditional run." But if it's something that they're only releasing through drive through RPG, because the cost to print and ship is so expensive, they'll give it to us at cost. And I'm always surprised whenever I see the at cost 
price where I'm like, oh, this book is selling for $40. Why am I paying $25 for it? Oh, that's the cost to print. Yikes. Yeah, I think I, I think I got, <laughs> I think I got a normal, like I didn't get the, the jazzed up and I, I'm sort of disappointed that I did. I probably should have, but I, I got the normal version of Titanomachy, um, mm-hmm. which is not a huge book. It is a nope. hundred thousand words. Um, yep. And I think I got the deluxe version. Yeah, I think the normal version was twenty five dollars, and I think the fancy one because I bought, I bought my uh, my uncle who's like, who surely took a giant magnet and stuck it to his fridge. Um, <laughs> is that that like I love everything you do, relative? Um, yeah, I sent yeah. I sent him a copy of it, and I got him the nice one, and I think it was thirty. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I can't remember which one I got. I think I got the nice one because these pa- these pages feel thick. They feel thick, thick, and it was like thirty. It sells for forty dollars. Yeah, the premium that means every the premium hardcover <laughs> color book uh, was forty dollars, and I am like ninety percent certain I bought it at cost for thirty, Zero. which means yep. yeah, they're charging only ten dollars more than the print cost for this. Right, and and so the, per unit they are bringing in ten dollars per unit, and that's. Like not considering the cost of paying all of the, all of the the production people. Right. Remember that cost to make a PDF at sixty thousand words was like seven thousand dollars. Also, uh, <laughs> just to continue talking about like the numbers game here, Titanomaki is the single best selling non core book Scion book at uh, what is it platinum, which is a thousand plus. <laughs> And some of that's PDF, right? Like, yeah. No, I think I think she just likes and... to brag about that because. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all worked because on how it. How much is the PDF? Because of the ugliness. How much is the PDF of that? Somebody, uh, somebody looked at it. it's fourteen dollars right now. Normally fifteen dollars. It's fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, and it is on sale. So right let's, now. let's let's just real quick. So fifteen dollars. Let's say we've sold five hundred copies. Oh, we've broken even. Yeah, I mean, like, Yay. yes. <laughs> Yes, I am bragging, but I'm also pointing out that like it this is this is a a comparatively very popular book and it has only sold this much these many yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. It's the most popular non-core book in the line you were saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sold over a thousand. Shy yeah. of five thousand. Oh, it's sold over a thousand. Hold on. We have we have more than we have made a small profit on that Ooh. book. Yeah. Uh, teeny tiny little profit. So like Ooh. like thousands of dollars of profit thousands not tens of thousands thousands of dollars of profit on that book now yeah. think about that when i see things on twitter i'm going to get political right now when i see things on twitter about you know mad at rich thomas who bought a mcmansion from his onyx path money on the labor of his <laughs> like first of all what on his onyx path rich, money <laughs> yeah first of all rich bought his house in 2005 when he was still working for ccp second of all he worked for ccp he was making ccp money video game he was money. making yeah. CCP money jesus second of all he has made he makes and now if every book like the cc uh onyx path publishing has a huge catalog and if he's making you know a couple of grand per product then he's probably you know i'm gonna i'm just gonna make up math i'm literally making up a money a money number let's say rich thomas makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year on his business as a small business owner making a hundred thousand dollars a year is a pretty decent amount of money yeah that's not bad it's not bad i 
I have no idea how much he actually makes each year, but I'm never going to begrudge somebody for making a hundred K. That's not rolling around yeah, that's, in a yeah. that's not pile Twitter, of money, money. That's not Twitter call out also, post money. Right. No. Also, if <laughs> if you are self-employed, which he probably is, yes. uh, like filing taxes as a self-employed person. Um, it's so ridiculous. Thirty percent of your money. expensive. Thirty yeah. percent of your money. Yeah, because I <laughs> I had an acquaintance who probably was making a similar amount of money as like a construction contractor. Like he did home repairs. He fixed stuff up as like, but he was self employed. And guess what? He also had a nice little house and also paid a shit ton of money in taxes. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it it is possible for people to live a in a decent like not shitty life and also not be exploiting the people around them to to be able to obtain that (laughs) but nobody (laughs) nobody in rpgs from kat tobin to nicole lindrews to to rich thomas in these small press bigger than indie like ceo people are rolling around in so much dough that they don't know what to do with themselves okay none of them (laughs) it's a fiction and it's a fiction that's like it's easy to sell yourself on i'm making ten dollars a unit on on, i'm making five dollars a unit on this thing i made all by myself that i have under chart i am underpriced (laughs) one i have underpriced to try to sell and no one is buying because well, I don't have market reach and I don't know how to market myself and I don't know how to get reach and I don't know how to sell better. And so I can't charge more because nobody's buying it anyway. And seeing somebody who's actually like making a living and going like, well, that person must be exploiting people because I can't see a way to do it without that. Right. Was this the end of the political section? Yeah. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done being political now. You also said... That you'd like to talk about the difference between the small press and the indie. Um, yeah, which I feel like you have a and lot. And how if a small press appears to be making money, it's because the owner and operator have a alternative sources of income. Right. Yep. Yeah. And we still need to do our mid-episode break. Uh, we can, we let's can do that now. Yeah. Okay, let's do that now. Do you will to- you do that while I go refill my coffee? Yeah, I will. BXP and the Deep Dive are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Keeping for me. Ding! Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you like listening to us talk mechanics and junk and the industry things, uh, you should also listen to the MMP show Gnomecast. Uh, several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. If you are enjoying this BXP live show, uh, we are going to do other ones, but they will probably be patrons only. So support BXP by becoming a patron. Give us a dollar. What could it hurt? You get the extended version of all the episodes where we leave in the Council of Anxiety demon parts, which apparently all of you enjoy. You can go to patreon.com slash bonus EXP cast to support us there. Uh, Also, we are sponsored by Nerdy Kepi, N-E-R-D-Y-K-E-P-P-I-E. Dot com, uh, where you can get all kinds of cool queer clothing and accessories and bags and shoes in every I hear right <laughs> every sort of awesome pride flag you could possibly imagine and like 
it's neat and i have a bunch of pieces from there i have some cool shoes you should buy it uh use code bxpcast for 10 percent off your order and that coupon literally never expires so if you can't afford all the cool stuff you want this shopping trip just come back and use it again it's great we get a little money you support a small queer owned business uh it's great awesome are you back ray i am back perfect timing welcome back yeah Uh, you guys are done yeah i just literally just ended oh that was quick okay let me get a little closer to my microphone then y'all can hear me slurp excellent oh Oh, no oh damn it Overcommitted to the bit (laughs) so when we talk about the RPG industry, like, I want to take a moment to, like, indie indie producers aren't not making any money at all. Right. But they're not making a lot of money. And they're not even making what would be considered above poverty wages. And indie producers are doing it for the love of it, or they have another job. So many people, freelancers, even the producers, people who are making, you know, indie games, they have a day job. Yeah. Yeah, this that's is, how this they is get not by. a day job. This is a hobby industry in every sense of the word people are playing it as a hobby and people are making it as a hobby yeah until we can break through that price ceiling that's sort of locked in place by uh wizards of the coast it's going to continue being hobby hobby pricing which which kills me is that wizards of the coast isn't doing hobby pricing if you want literally everything you need to run a D game you spend 150 dollars. it's true Ugh. it's true right they have three books that are 50 dollars a piece that's not even counting dice, which they don't. Do they sell dice now? They, they don't. have that okay. little starter kit that's like yeah, that the comes quick start with rules it. with a thing of dice. They sell figures, the little, little miniatures. Uh, what were we going to talk about? Right. Um, small press having money usually comes from somewhere else, like a day job or yes. old, being yes. from old money or. Uh, yes. Or making making that good CCP money. Right. Yep. Uh, but also, like, let's for a second talk about Evil Hat because Rob Donahue's like a senior project manager. I, yeah, he yeah. he does business at the Business Factory. I don't 100 percent know what that involves, but that is a <laughs> business, job. That... Business, business, business. <laughs> but like, so he both has skills to run a business and a job that pays well, which does help you keep a hobby job afloat. Schmitty wants to know if I'm say- we're saying they supplement costs in the book or supplement their own living costs. I'm saying they supplement they their supplement own living, their living costs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like starting any other business. You need a certain level. You need like a like a nest egg. You need an initial you investment to get it going. Gotta have money to make to money. Make money. money. <laughs> Did we really run out of steam after just talking about how much an exalted book costs? <laughs> I mean, but like... You know, like H says, like I started freelancing with a full-time job. Mm-hmm. My husband has a better full-time job than I had. The only reason I was able to stop my full-time job and, and freelance full-time is because my husband has a better full-time job than I do. And I was working an extra when I did have a full-time job to to get to myself at the level where I was like, okay, I'm not losing so much of my income by going freelance full time, I was working 60 to 70 hours a week. I was working 40 hours a week at my full time job and then another 20 to 30 developing, writing, doing, doing new contracts. So it's, it's difficult to look at what people are doing. And yeah, they're, they're using that to supplement their income. Now, indie, 
indie publications may be essentially they're using their full-time day job to supplement the cost of making the book that they're making, usually because they're making a book all by themselves and they couldn't survive with no money before the book gets published. And even after the book gets published, because they're probably not making back the money that they spent to live while they were making that book, to be very honest. They may eventually. <laughs> By poorly paying passion projects being the right number of syllables for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> poorly paying, paying passion, passion projects. projects. It poorly sure does. Projects. <laughs> projects in a half shell. <laughs> Avis wants to know it, does this all point to TTRPGs as an industry just not being sustainable unless we work for wizards? I mean, it's clearly sustainable because it's been going on. It's, it's hard, right? Because I think there are more people getting into games now than there used to be. But I do think that something in the industry needs to change, both on an Indian small press side and on of Wizards of the Coast side. Like Wizards of the Coast are never going to change the price of their books. If anything, they'll go down because of, you know, like I right now I just looked up how much can I buy the, the player's handbook for and it's $32 on Amazon Prime, but if I buy all three Monster Manual DMG, it's still $85. Yeah. And that's, you know, the discounted price. It would normally be $150. So, I mean, think about to play the entire game of D&D, I'm spending $85 and that's the discounted price. The, the, the trick that they have sold everyone on is, oh, but our books are only $50 a piece. So you can only price a book of this size at $50. It's like, right. okay, but you have to buy three books to play this game. Yeah. Somebody in the group must own the monster manual if you want to play an adventure and use monsters. Right. Well, someone I'm, must own it. I mean, theoretically... The player's handbook has everything you need to play the game. Unless you, you want, want magical the, items, if you want then the, you have to have the storyteller's guide. Storyteller's well, there guide. are some magic items and some monsters. DMG, whatever. <laughs> Look, shut up. I've been, but I've if been you want somewhere all else the for cool shit, long. yes, you need the DMG and you need the monster manual. You need all three books to play the game. Somebody in the group needs all three books to play the game. And that's the, that's the thing that they've done where it's like, all three books. So one person may buy all three books to to play the game, and then one per, and then everybody at the table may buy the player's handbook. And it's an ingenious way of doing things. And you know the the people who did it for third edition were smart cookies. And you know, but nobody else can get away with it, right? If you're like, well, you need three. I, I made this cool game. It's really cool. You need three books to play it. People are going to be like. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's cool and easy when you have a lot of marketing, but when you're trying to sell people at a convention and you're like, you know, oh man, this game about gay mice riding around on motorcycles sounds so cool. Biker mice from Mars? Uh, oh, is it is it from Mars? I think it's just heavy metal thunder mouse. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> Are both of these okay. real? You were making that up. Heavy metal thunder mouse is a real game. Biker mice from Mars is a real cartoon from the 90s. <laughs> oh my god oh shit i'm looking it up <laughs> that's how so, that's how bxp uh, spent all of our money acquiring the license to biker mice from mars <laughs> uh but somebody says oh this you know this cool biker mouse game so so cool 
And you go, yeah, here's the first book. And they go, okay, cool. Are the rest of them supplements? I'm like, oh, no, you need all these to play. And they're just like, Ugh. Like, if I tried to sell that in three books, if it were, you know, if I were Derek Kamal and I was trying to sell that book in three books, no one would buy it, right? It's already a hard sell. Yeah. Because it's, you know, mice motorcycle clubs. <laughs> now, I think that's amazing. And you might all think that's amazing and you should all go buy it. But what, it is not is a book that somebody's going to go, oh, yes, I'm going to invest fully in this game line the moment I see it, right? There's a sell to it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot going on in when, you know, when you're deciding how am I going to market this book, what the form factor going to be, um, a form factor is such a big thing, you know, the the small, the smaller size books versus the traditional eight and a half by 11 books. People people gravitate towards the eight and a half by eleven books as official, but these smaller form factor books, which are cheaper to make, are bespoke indie games. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Because my fate books are all that size. Would you yeah, say they those are. are indie games? Yep. Evil Hat. I mean, yep. Oh. I mean, I would not. I mean, call indie, when Evil they Hat started an indie game. I mean, when they started, no, they're not. Sure. Right, and they're not, and I mean, so are my Trinity Continuum books are that size too, but that doesn't, yeah, that's right, it just because, but in people's minds, I'm not talking about actuality, I'm talking about when right, you right, see right, a book right. that's eight and a half by 11, you go, aha, this is a traditional game book, and when you see a <laughs> tiny little form factor, you're like, aha, this is, this is my, you know, cottage core lesbian snake book, <laughs> right, like, uh-huh uh-huh right it, it's it's the, no, no it, you're not making that one up the les yeah lesbian snakes is real i think it's a cozy nest a cozy den. cozy den cozy den a cozy den yes cozy den it is you know form factor makes such a big impact on people's perceptions of the game that's what i'm trying to say right like whether it is at or not is or is not actually a indie game it has no bearing in what people believe when they see it yeah, I'm I'm with you. I got distracted by the so, chat. It's going fast. Oh, we're we're talking about the the bonuses of like, okay, do you prefer the large books or do you prefer the small books? And bigger little books. We're having a little discussion in the chat. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because I think that there's I like both. Yeah, I like me both too. and I like them both for different reasons. Yeah. For different yeah. reasons. And there are times when I do prefer PDFs, like some pulsar mm -hmm. is pointing out. Yep. Yep. Uh there's, you know, I could not imagine the Bluebeard's Bride book in any other form factor than this beautiful square that they have given me. Right. Yeah. It's because it's like an art book. <laughs> it and an it's also book. an art game. So exactly. Sorry, I'm exactly. dying like, at you calling what? it a beautiful square. <laughs> it, it's a beautiful square. This triumphant rectangle. But it's not a it's a square. All like most squares books, are rectangles. Yes, but most books have a rectangular, like one side is longer than the other, where Bluebeard's Bride is literally, you know, same size on both sides. And it is a square. And it's the only book I own that is book set that I own that is a square. And it's it's different, but it's an art book, right? Like I would expect a, a little coffee table art book to be like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In fact, I would have expected Merkbork to be like this. And it's not. Merkbork Merk uses the, the traditional so rectangle size. I got it. And I was like, oh, what's so wee? I was not expecting this is it smaller to be so than I little. was expected. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it is, it, there's a lot of, like, it is, it's like a, it is also like an art project, 
right? Like I can, I can imagine playing this game, but instead I just want the book so I can read it. And then I read it and I was like, that was so satisfying. And then I put it away. Have we done that episode yet on, on games that are for reading versus games that are for playing? Mm, I don't don't know. We've done that one yet. I don't want to be involved in that. Anyway, yeah. okay, well. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this because we've we've gone into the we've gone into the Marianas Trench. We are of our deep dive, <laughs> way blown off course here. <laughs> the crushing uh, sure pressure are. of a primordial void. Nothing lives here except for those weird worms that look like dog penises. What? <laughs> You don't really? <laughs> All right, well, hang on. Oh no. I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> How could you not know about tube worms? What? How could you not know just, about tube worms? I know, I know what tube worms are. I just They look like dog penises. I mean, I guess. Look at it. Confront it. <laughs> it looks like a tube worm. I I mean, it looks like a dog penis. <laughs> Thank you, Sun Pulsar. I'm not <laughs> running around looking at dog fetuses. You have I, dogs. I have lady dogs. They not all uh, dogs have penises. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. You're so right. I forgot. But also, like, <laughs> it's too fuzzy for the way a dog penis looks. Yeah, dog penises also look like lipstick tubes, as Ryan is pointing out. I don't think that's what Ryan meant when he pointed that out. <laughs> We're always telling Finn to put his lipstick away. He gets a little confused boners oh, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> That's, uh... Wow. I, we, this is time to... I'm, I'm flagging this I'm conversation. Go- We're done. Googling... Yeah. <laughs> Googling dog penis just brought me to the wild Why world. Why did you of... Google that? Because I, I wanted to see. But it's you all about veterinary problems. Googled dog penis. Yeah, it's all about people worried. Award, but, but it's all people worried that their dog's when penis is infected. exist. No, no, none of it is porn. All of it is medical and issues. alpha omega porn exists. None you of it is porn. Googled dog penis. Yeah, because all of it is, all of it, literally all of it is medical issues. Oh. <sighs> Well, that's just Danielle has surf- safe search on. I learned that today. I mean, it's worse. Uh, <laughs> Do I? Thanks for listening. <laughs> you can email bonus experience at bonusexpcast at gmail dot com. What about our What about our website though? Our website is bxpcast dot com, which updates by itself because we can't be bothered to. Dixie, no, 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 no. <laughs> Dixie, you take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Dixie. <laughs> well, now I have to go register boner experience to make sure nobody else gets it. <laughs> it might already exist. <sighs> if you want to uh, on Twitter, say, yeah, we are. We are at bonus exp cast on Twitter. What about you? Are you on Twitter? I am. Regrettably, I am Ray W Cole on Twitter. What about what about you? I am on Twitter, even though I don't do a whole lot of things on Twitter. I am impernious on Twitter. And now, Monica, you, you may should, go. You should follow D. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Zenith Sun, where uh, my tweets are apparently popping off. I gained like a dozen followers for <laughs> making gentle fun. Because your boner of, experience. Of discourse. Boner experience. God. Oh my god. Oh boy. Oh my god. The chat.
the chat. Dude, what have is, I done? It, we're clean. <laughs> Dixie, this is, this is your fault. I'm, I'm hungry and <laughs> with my dying we breath, need to be I done. blame Dixie. We've, we're putting everybody into horny jail. <laughs> yeah, we just, Wait, don't we have one thing that we have to follower. do? We did the Twitter. We did the email. We did the website. We, we did the Twitter. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you do the thing where you got to like review us and do Patreon and stuff? And well, okay. Well, <gasps> well, oh, yeah, right. we did that. everybody get out. Break. I pressed people to leave us a good review, but do that. Everybody, yeah, everybody get out. Uh, get out. And change it if you want to. Change it if you want to. Change it if you want to. And, well, and remember, break it don't if it's broken. break it what if it's not broken. Don't break it. Don't break it if it's not broken. <laughs> Do I have to do this? Ugh, fine. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray, and this episode features special guest Danielle. Uh, and edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK, and is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Ugh, I'm not reading this. Fuck it. Bye.